With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night, it's Radio City Talk, and it can mean only one thing. We are the Fight Disciples. And what a couple of weeks we've had. Obviously, last week we delved into the Tony Bellew success against David A. We compared him to be the greatest boxer this city's ever produced. Thank you for everyone that got involved in social media in the aftermath. We had a really good chat about it. Loads of people obviously voting for John Conte. Loads of people saying, can't believe you put Bellew ahead of Conte or Rudkin or whatever. Listen to the show, guys. (laughs) That's all I was urging everyone. Just go and listen to the show. We paid our respects to everybody but on the day, we kind of chose that Tony Bellew was doing a warm. But again, thank you for everyone for getting involved. Now, as I promised last week, we've been boxing crazy for the last couple of weeks because there was so much going on. But it's time to turn our attentions back to the cage. Mixed martial arts in Liverpool is absolutely booming. And obviously, two weeks away, well, less than two weeks away now. I think it's more like uh, 10, 11 days away. Um, Darren Till will headline at the Echo Arena for the very first time in the UFC when the Octagon itself finally, after 10 years of campaigning, finally comes to Liverpool, finally comes to the banks of the Mersey. We absolutely can't wait. Everybody in the city, in and around the fight scene, is talking about it. Everyone's excited. Everyone seemingly got a ticket, so that's kind of surprised me. I think we're capped at about 9, 10, 11,000 at the Echo Arena, but I must have spoke to at least 40,000 people. It's like Kiev. Every Liverpool fan seems to be going to Kiev, and yet in the same breath, they're saying they're going to be at the Echo Arena the following night as well. Someone's lying somewhere, but listen, it's going to be an amazing night. Before we get going on that, obviously next week we're going to go UFC Liverpool crazy, and I'm sure... Jordan tonight's show, we're going to have a chat about it as well. But first and foremost, I want to introduce tonight's guest who fights this weekend at ACB uh, over in Nottingham, um, ACB 87. Uh, it is, of course, head coach at Aspire MMA in Liverpool, Mr. Dean Garnett. Welcome to the show, my mate. Nice one for having me. You, uh, For anyone that maybe hasn't met you before, Dean, they may know you from the BBC documentary that you did about cut and weight. Obviously, you've got, you're fighting on Saturday. It's now Tuesday. You've got four yeah. to five days to go. You've got a nice big uh, flask of water in front of you on the desk there. You're looking nice and healthy. Obviously, the, the hard part of the weight cut hasn't quite come yet. No, we're still a few days away from the dirtiest part of the weight cut. But as I said before, mate, I, I, I thrive on these sorts of challenges. Um I, I'll take the weight cut over training three times a day on a low-calorie diet, so I'm not complaining. I'm just happy that I can see light at the end of the tunnel now. That uh, that BBC documentary really did make waves, not just in mixed martial arts, but in the greater, in, yeah. the, in the bigger mainstream as well. A lot of people, potentially the first time they'd seen any kind of athlete cut weight, uh, never mind boxing or MMA, and MMA is more brutal than boxing anyway. Did, yep. What kind of feedback did you get, Dean? And was it negative, positive? Um, I think, I mean, what, one of the things that, that did make me laugh was just looking at the comments on, on the YouTube video. Everyone's giving me a lot of stick on there. Um, but generally, the, the feedback is, is good um, in terms of, as you said, giving some insight into what actually goes into making way for a combat sports athlete. It's not just MMA fighters. 
the practices that that we follow come more so from wrestling in the states. Um, but yeah, I think people are totally unaware of what goes on in terms of weight cutting. But it's a funny one. I can I can be walking down the street now with someone like Danny Roberts or whatever, and he's getting recognised for being a fighter, and I'm just getting recognised for cutting weight. So, <laughs> bit of a problem in 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 that front that I'm I'm I'm. Uh, best known for me weight cuts now but um, hopefully I can change that with a big knockout this weekend maybe absolutely mate that's the plan we'll certainly come on to the, the fight this weekend but for anyone that doesn't know that might be listening then uh, what weight are you now what weight have you got to be on Friday and how if you're sitting here drinking you know a, a flask of water just explain to someone how the next yep. couple of days of getting rid of the yep. weight will work so I'll summarise how, how, how it works in a nutshell so this morning I'm going to be totally honest about what I weighed I was, I was just under 68 kilograms so 67 0.8 kilograms or whatever and I'm fighting at 61.8 so that's bang on six kilos um it's now Tuesday morning or Tuesday yeah and, yeah. and we're going to be weighing in Friday um so that's three days basically and I'm going to come down a stone now the the way to do it is not by losing body fat now my body fat is about six seven percent everyone says can't you just diet down they must think I just turn up dead fat being dead lazy for 10 weeks didn't cut any weight. Oh, I've got to do all my diet today. Yeah, yeah. Not working like that at all. So what's happened is there's two ways that you lose weight. One is through diet and one is through weight cutting. Now, weight cutting is artificial weight loss. What you lose in a weight cut is is goes back on within 10 hours, 12 hours. What you lose on a diet takes a little bit longer to go back on. So let's say I started originally at 75 kilograms eight weeks ago. So I was 75 kilograms, fat and out of shape, body fat maybe 20%, 18%. I've worked it right down to 65 7.5%. So I've dieted right down to 67 kilograms. Now, yeah. it could be a featherweight. Yeah. I could move up a weight division, and I could fight someone like Conor McGregor or Frank Edgar or Jose Aldo, but they potentially could be cutting 10 pounds of water before the fight, yeah. which I'm going to do before my fight on the weekend. And the guy I'm fighting is going to do the same. So what people need to realise is there's two ways to lose weight. One is through body fat or muscle and one is through water. Or yeah. So I'm at the stage now where most of that's going to come off as water. Now, for the next three days, I'm going to eliminate salt and carbohydrates because they pull water into the muscle. Like a sponge. Like a sponge, mate. The, 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 the hydrophilic, so they attract water to the body. I'm going to switch my diet to mainly fats and proteins. So I'm eating avocados, eggs, might even sneak a bit of dark chocolate in there because it's quite high in fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that'll do whilst drinking eight litres of water a day, which is Kangen water, so it has no sodium in. Over time, my body, obviously I'm urinating every hour or two, twice an hour. Yeah. I probably need to nip the loo every five minutes now, but <laughs> that will pull out all the electrolytes in my system. So the next three days is about removing electrolytes and removing glycogen from the muscles. Now my body is 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 a lot more willing to let go of water then we start using a sauna, steam rooms, hot that baths. Because you're, you're flooding your body with water. Your body yeah. gets used to getting rid of the water because it's like yeah, got well, too you, much water. There. It's, keep, got, keep... it's got too much water, but os, if you think about osmosis, going back to GCSE science now, yeah. um, you know, wherever we've got electrolytes, water will move to. So as we start to take electrolytes out of the cells, water will more readily leave the body. Um, so, yeah, it's about preparing preparing the body for that sort of stage. And in them last 10 hours, you know, I just like to chip away at a pound an hour or whatever. So, you know, it, it does come off. And so then those last 10 hours, is that when you see things like salt baths? Yeah, that, like that's that, when yeah. it gets really dirty because, you, 
you you don't want to prolong the dehydration when you're 10 pounds depleted in water now let's just turn that into actual water terms so mm-hmm. this bottle you're looking at me or a two litre bottle weighs two kilograms so if you fill that up I'm going to be three of them lighter it's quite heavy Wow. I'm going to be three of them lighter by Friday if you think about a woman when she gives birth your average kid's seven pound I'm fourteen pound off weight now, so I'm I'm gonna get Dropping rid of twins. twins. Wow, twins! It's gonna be by Friday. Um, but you know, if you do the if you do the refuel right, I, I believe the process works. Now, eighty percent plus of of the elite are, are, are engaging in these practices. So someone like myself, who is submerged in the culture of MMA from from the start of my career onwards, yeah. you get sucked into it. Um, so yeah, I think you know. It, it's something that needs addressing, but until the promotions or the, the regulatory bodies get a grip of it, it's never going to stop, is it? No, it's insane. And, and I think for anyone listening to the show now, must be you know must be shocked by the fact that you're going to drop twins before you hit the scales on Friday. But this is the culture of mixed martial arts. This is how it's been done. It's inherited from, as you say, high school wrestling in America, uh, these extreme weight cuts, and unfortunately without a governing body, or certainly a, a global governing body powerful enough, uh, you know, this, this, for anyone listening, this happens, doesn't it? And UFC shows happens yeah, in every yeah. mixed martial arts. So this is what everybody's doing in the sport. From from the grassroots right up to the top, the problem is people are doing it without the the correct knowledge. Yeah. Um, I, I I employ a lot of people to be involved in my weight cut nutritionists. I use DEXA scans. Um, and sometimes you know you, you get coaches who are, who are inexperienced. So you might have a coach with a sixteen year old kid. The coach doesn't really know how to cut weight. But he's got the kid locked in the sauna, with a bin you know, bag on. With a bin bag on, and and yeah. before you know it, someone's gonna die, and who's accountable? Because for me, that coach should be getting done for manslaughter. Yeah, you know, I've got kids in the gym now who are looking up to me as a role model. I I've made it clear to them they cannot cut weight like I do until they're twenty one, and it's up to them. Yeah, you know, if I've got a, a particular kid who's, you know, I've got one in my idea now. I'm thinking of, and we I've I've rang the promoter to change the fight weights because he's sixteen years old. And he's not cutting any more than five percent of his body weight. Doctors say five percent loss in fluid is fine. The body's designed to be able to deal with these things. The human body's very adaptable. Um, but for me, with with the younger generation in the gym now, we're just setting a cap of five percent, which is what doctors say safe. So, you know, if one of my guys is fighting a seventy kilos and he's 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 an amateur or he's under eighteen, then. You know, he, he can't be cutting any more than 3.5 kilos in that last week, but that's not too bad. A, a typical training session, an intense one, Yeah. if you're not refueling during the session with water, you'll lose up to three pounds in sweat anyway. So all they're doing there is doubling up on a training session before they get... So I'm okay with that, but I certainly don't like the idea of people without the correct knowledge um, and the correct know-how, you know, who haven't done it themselves, going around telling other people how to do this stuff and... You know, I, I I do think it's a ticking time bomb. In fact, it's more than a ticking time bomb because we've already seen multiple deaths from weight cutting, and yeah, we've seen globally, yeah. hardly any from from fighting itself. So, where where is the most? You know, I think the most dangerous part of my fights the next three days. Yeah. In terms of um, a solution, then how does mixed martial arts rectify it? Where where's the? Has somebody has there got to be a fatality in the in the Western world, maybe in the UK I mean, or the, in the, the US, the, for the, it finally the, to be? The, there has, I think, there has been Western world fatalities as well. Not not just with MMA. There was a there was one with Thai boxing recently mm-hmm. um, who died in Thailand. I remember hearing about a young girl in Australia. So there has been Western world deaths, um, but for me, I think 
you have to look at the limited amount of weight divisions in boxing. There's a weight division, like, you know, literally... You every, have every five pounds. Every five pounds, which is what I think is safe. Now, I appreciate with MMA early on, it was it was a new sport and... There's enough fighters. There wasn't to, enough fighters, yeah, but now there is enough fighters. Like, there's more than enough fighters, but the people who make the decisions don't know anything about weight cutting, probably. Um, so let's get more weight divisions first. Yeah. If you're sitting in my shoes... You know, I'm almost at featherweight now. Yeah. Healthily. So it could be a healthy featherweight cutting no weight, but then I might fight a guy who's cutting fourteen pounds over four days. I don't fancy that. Yeah, of course. You know, I'd much rather be cutting five or six pounds and fighting at sixty four kilograms, but that weight class doesn't exist, so I've either got to give a load of weight away or I've got to trauma traumatise my body and try and make sure I'm the guy with the size advantage. Um so there's a lot of there's there's a lot on the line for for guys in my position in terms of the career, the health, you know. And obviously we're passionate about what we do. This this is this is what we've dreamed of doing for for years before you get to this point. So I think we need more weight classes, and I think there needs to be regulations in terms of checking fighters' weight fight week, and maybe looking at hydration tests. I heard at one point the UFC were going to bring in more weigh-ins during the week. For me, that's just ridiculous. You could weigh me today and say I've got to be 64. I've got to be nearly 62. I'd go to sauna. I'd get to 64 by sweating. Yeah. Then I'd put it back on, and then I'd still go to 62 on Friday. So what they'd be doing is get me to do two-way cuts, not one. You're just yo-yoing, yeah, of course. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get really frustrated because none of this is rocket science. I mean... I, I I appreciate that it might go, be over people's heads at first, but certainly if you're immersed in the sport or you work in the sport or a regulate, you know, as a regulator, then th- th- this is common sense. This is absolutely this is it's ridiculous that this over. happens. Now I know in America in the college scene because the other couple of deaths in college wrestling uh, in uh, over the last few years. Now they've introduced something. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. They've introduced a, a, a start of the season. You get a full medical, yeah, and they test everything. Then they go right, okay. The lowest you can fight is say featherweight. You can't fight any lower than that because we've done your body, we've measured your fat, we've done everything. Yeah, you can you can fight heavier. You can fight as a middleweight if you like. Oh, yeah. but you can't go lower than featherweight. Should MMA bring in something like that? Because listen, we're, we're in an age now where mixed martial arts finally is introducing well, an annual full it, medical. It, hear me out then on this. So th- this is how ludicrous this actually is. You want to fight MMA now, you've got to have a DEXA scanner. I mean, not a DEXA scanner, sorry, like an MRI scan on your head. Yeah. I, you know, one of my teammates fought on the weekend, Aaron Robinson, that cost 900 quid all in for all his medicals, yeah. MRI scans, all this stuff. You've got Safe MMA, you've got to pay a subscription to Safe MMA, they do your bloods. What are the chances, right, that you're going to give HIV to the person you're fighting? It's absolutely slim to none. Yeah. Slim to none. But you've got to spend like 200 quid of your own money to, to make to take away that risk. Now I'm not complaining about that, but the fact that you can just go and cut as much weight as you like, you, you can openly admit to, to 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 the commission and the doctor that you've cut a stone and a half, and he, he he'll laugh, but he can he's allowed to sign you off to fight. A Dexa scan costs seventy quid, seventy quid, mate. Right, you can get a Dexa scan every six months, and Safe MMA can look at your results, and they can just decide what safe weight classes are mm. for you. It's that easy. It's literally that easy. They would not allow me to fight at bantamweight. Of course, they just wouldn't. Not not but then, based. But then, no mixed martial artists would do. Every single, pretty much every single fighter would be told you're not fighting at that weight. Eighty plus percent would be moving up a weight division. Yeah, and eighty plus percent would be doing less damage to the kidneys, less damage to the organs. Um, yeah, you, you can imagine how frustrating this is for someone like me who, who has to do this stuff when there's there's a there's just 
simple answer. More weight classes will straight away eradicate that looking up £10 or looking down £10. Fighters will generally cut less weight then, but then still do what we just talked about. Give them a DEXA scan every six months that they have to pay for, that a doctor has to say, right, your lean body mass is this. For you to fight a featherweight or bantamweight, you need to lose more than 5% water. Yeah. No, no, not allowed. And that's you done. You've yeah. just got to fight at a safe weight class. But you, then you're doing it knowing your opponent is fighting at a safe weight class and he's not coming in 10 pounds heavier than you. So, yeah, it's real simple, but... Yeah, unfortunately, it's uh, it, it, people need educating educating at the top of the sport. I'm afraid. Listen, we'll stick with us coming up in part two. I'm going to speak to Dean about, and this is a first, another first for Liverpool, the country's only combat sports industry course, which Dean runs himself from his gym, Aspire in Liverpool for six form graduates. We're going to be talking about that next, and then obviously we're going to finish the show by talking about the fight coming up this weekend. ACB Nottingham. Stick with us. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. If you just joined me, I'm still in the studio with the one and only Dean Garnett. Fights this weekend at ACB 87 in Nottingham. I'm going to come on to that fight a little bit later in the show. And ACB as well, I want to speak to Dean about ACB, the Russian promotion. That, you know, might have come to these shows a couple of years ago with a little bit of controversy around them. But you know what? They've proved themselves now absolutely to be one of the best promotions on the planet. I'm going to get Dean's take on that. But first and foremost, my mate, obviously this is a, a, a show for Merseyside. We're overlooking the city now. And I want to talk to you about the combat sports industry coach that you're running out of your gym, Aspire, which is just by the Rockets at the end yep. of the M62. Um, what is it? What's it all about? And and isn't it the only combat sports industry course in the world, you were telling me? In the world, mate, yeah. Unbelievable. So, so uh, you know, I, I started my journey 10 years ago um, and I remember walking into to Next Generation at the time and doing a, a Jiu-Jitsu class with Jason Tarn, who's now at the MMA Academy. And it was my first class. And on my first class, I realised that this was for me. I only done one class. I said, right, this is me. Yeah. I'm going to be an MMA fighter. My mind's made up. And then by the time I got there for my second class, I was like, right, OK, I'm going to be an MMA fighter. But actually, is this fella getting paid for showing me how to do this? Is he? OK, well, I'm going to be an MMA coach as well. Now, where, where do you start with that? What What is an MMA coach? How do you be one? Um, or how do you work in the industry? And it's took me 10 years to figure all this out. And the best thing I ever did for myself was take myself to university to study sports coaching. Um, and that's given me such a unique opportunity now in, in the game. Um, you know, you, you look at things like boxing and football. They have the ABA, the Football Association. Yeah. And they're all funded by Sport England um, because they, they meet certain requirements. And the coaches who, who, who operate within the sport meet certain standards. Yeah, they've all been checked, police checked. They've, they've all been got police certain checked, levels but of... then they've all still got certain levels of competency and of certain levels of understanding yeah. of both the technical components of their sport and the technical knowledge that you need to be a good a good coach. So having done my degree at John Moore's, um, I started to see all the massive holes in, 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 in the game, MMA itself. I mean, there's not many... Uh, other guys in the country right now who've got an academic backgr- background in coaching mm-hmm. who work as MMA coaches, yeah. most of them just come from a gym where they regurgitate whatever they've seen and heard. Yeah. And there's no real development of coaches within the country right now. There's nothing. Well, the problem is there's no governing body. This there's is no why there's no link body, with yeah. Sport England. The, yeah. the, the sport isn't recognised. Mixed martial totally. isn't recognised because there's no governing body. Yeah. There is no coaching system where you can go, oh, no. I'm, a, I'm a level two MMA coach. Yeah. These guys are all... 
I've been training karate for 30 years, so I'm going to teach MMA now. Yeah, stuff. There's yeah. loads of this going on. Now, with my degree, I'm a level four. And I've also got quals in boxing and wrestling. So I've got I've got academic quals, which are important, but they're not everything. But then I've got the experience. I train, I train all the different components. I train me wrestling with wrestling coach, blah, blah, blah. So I've built up a decent understanding of the sport. And that's allowed me to sort of do something about that myself without without the being a governing body. Um, so you, you see a lot of these sort of football academies now, um, like like the Robbie Fowler one and the, you know, the, 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 the different types of academies and I know the, the football clubs run them too. Yeah. So it's a two-year six-form programme and it's designed for any young person who fancies a career in combat sports. So, so not just as an athlete? No, not just as an athlete. So it's about making your passionate career and if you look at me, I'm not just a fighter. I own a gym, so I'm a, in my mind, I'm a social entrepreneur. I'm only interested in business opportunities around MMA that develop people. Mm-hmm. So the only way I want to make money is by improving people's quality of life um, and through MMA. Now, being a fighter, that's one thing. I'm now at a point where I'm earning good money and I'm fighting all over the world, and, and that's great. That's a dream come true. But I could break me, me back tomorrow. I could I could rupture my ACL tomorrow. I, I could be out of fighting tomorrow and... That's fine because I'll still have two or three other career options. Um, So what the course does is it brings kids on board uh, when they've left school post-16. All kids have got to stay on now. So they they come into our course. um, They should already be passionate about combat sports. You know, I wouldn't give a place to someone who was just trying combat sports out. The places are limited. The school is only allowed to get funding for so many kids. So, um, yeah, they come in. Some of them do A-levels alongside it who have got a keen interest in going to university. So hopefully I'm going to, you know, we're going to help create the next group of people who can regulate and administrate the sport, who do know what's going on. Um, So yeah, the typical kid will come through. They're probably already fighting amateur. Um, You know, I'll give a good example. One from from our gym would be Marlon Jones. He's fighting on Cage Warriors Academy next week. He's 16. Um, This year he's been allowed to train in the morning with the pro team because the course is designed so that the students don't do any school work of a morning so they're in yeah. training of a morning yeah. then we have some lunch then we head off to the school three days a week we have a day split for practical and theory a practical day and a theory day on the theory we're covering principles for coaching sport activity leadership di- different different qualifications that are recognized internationally okay so these are qualifications that you might do on a football course but they're generic to coaching and then what i do as 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 the tutor and as a coach myself and as a mixed martial artist is I relate that to our sport. So for example, we're looking at the little ninjas program. Yeah. That's the first practical stuff we do. You know, the the, the, the lads do like a, a full week there looking at the youth development model that Sports England's put out and it looks at how, how to develop agility, strength, balance, and then we look at how we can build that into mixed martial arts movements, but make it age appropriate, make it safe, make it fun. These are the things Sport England are going to want to see. These are the things that all the other gyms aren't doing yeah. um, because they don't have the know-how or the knowledge and that's not their fault. It's because the systems aren't in place. So it's for me, it's about getting that off the ground. A, a kid like Marlon or all the other kids on the course, they get the opportunity to train full-time, pick up coaching qualifications, study A-levels or reset the GCSEs if they need to, so universities on the cards. And then they also pick a, a, a pathway within the, within the industry. It might be media. It might be referee and judging. And then we set up a programme so that they then go out and get the, the low-level qualifications if they have them, like a C licence for judging and refereeing. Yeah. Then they use low-level shows to get them experience judging and refereeing. Some of them might say they want to work in media. 
we haven't had none yet, but hopefully this year we'll have one. And guess what? I'll ring you up and ask you, can they follow you around <laughs> for six in, months? Of course, absolutely. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you might definitely. give them three hours work a week, but by the end of the two-year programme, some of them will have A-levels, some of them will now finally pass the GCSEs. They'll have six or seven fully recognised coaching qualifications. They'll have national governing body recognised coaching qualifications. They'll have 150 hours assistant coaching. Once they get to 150 hours coaching experience, they're assistant coaches, they're then allowed to earn money as a junior assistant coach within the gym. Brilliant. Some of them already are earning yeah. money now. We run the white collar MMA, ultra MMA and ultra white collar boxing. They raised 11 million for cancer research last year. So the lads now help coach them sessions. Now, we do have other coaches in the gym who charge maybe 25, 30 pounds an hour, but these lads will charge 15 and that works for some people. They're happy to train with these 16, 17 year olds knowing that they're active fighters themselves and they've got coaching qualifications and actually some of, some of these young kids now are demonstrating to me on a daily basis that they understand fundamentally how to coach better than some of the guys I've got coaching in the gym and again it's for no other reason than they've been given the tools given the knowledge so yeah I mean it's totally unique it is government funded it's run in a school Archbishop Beck which is a sports college it's not run at my gym yeah. um, so a, a lot of the parents at first think this is something I've made up myself it's not. I, I have put the course together, yeah. but the qualifications are, are not made up. The, the UKCC recognised qualifications. So, yeah, it's 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 a full-time, six-form programme that will take a child who wants to be, or a young person who wants to be a fighter, um, but it'll also give them lots of other options, like university, like working within the industry, like going on and being a social entrepreneur mm-hmm. themselves and, and opening up their own academy or running their own course. You know, we work closely with a partner called Little League Sports or LLS Online. They're out in China, Dubai, Qatar, and they all want this course now. Um, this is the fastest growing sport in the world. It's very much so not regulated. And I'm in a unique position in them. I'm one of the few guys who's got the sort of credentials and the understanding of this aspect of the industry that I, I believe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow this up internationally completely. Absolutely. So for anyone who's listening, uh, or maybe they've got a son or a daughter that they think would be interested, how do they apply for the course? And is it every September you take like a new... Yeah, a new every student? September we have a new co- cohort. Um, and, and then we do a lot of domestic trips as well. We're taking them abroad next year to do a training camp with Luke Barnett and Brad Pickett Brilliant. in the Costa del Sol. They That's help amazing. fundraise all that. Um, yeah, so they can just, you know, they can contact myself or contact Aspire through the gym and I'll give them some information. Um, like I say, it, it 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 has been oversubscribed both years. We we had to turn some people away, but um, like I say, there's I've got another six form that wants it for next September. So, so it's incredible that you're not just looking for looking to make you know future fighters, but it could be the next Dana White, could be the next Mark Goddard, the referee. Oh, totally, mate. Could be the next me. Could be replacing well, me. This is it. This is it, mate. And I, I genuinely am passionate about combat sports and. I feel so privileged every day to get up and do the things that I do. I don't have to do anything I don't like um, all week. Yeah. And that was, my brother was a big person. My mum and dad kicked me out the house for leaving me accountancy degree and I had to be an accountant or a doctor or one of these because I'm slightly, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly academic. So my mum and dad just wanted me to do academia. Um, but I'm not happy doing academia yeah. unless it's around combat sports. So I listened to my brother, and he's, he's an accountant over in Australia, and his advice was, do do something you love. I made the mistake of not doing that. But to keep my mum and dad happy, I did do other things. Of course, you went and now, got a degree. 
when I'm sitting there talking to parents who are bringing their 16 year old kid in, who, the, 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 you know, this the sons and daughters are saying, I want to do this combat sports course. They're probably, you're bloody not. Yeah, but then they come and hear me out and they say, No, they're still going to do A level study like you want them to do. Yeah. But actually, they're going to run sessions, they're going to deliver presentations, they're going to they're gonna go to university well ahead of the other students on their coaching courses mm-hmm. or their sports psychology degrees. Um, and then they, they, even the parents go, Wow. Then you take them to the school. The school speaks very highly of what we've done this year. The school got a one-off Ofsted. Wow. Um, and we've been assessed by the school and had a lesson. So far, they feel our teaching is in line with them standards. So, you know, um, it, it only equips them to do a lot better. It's it's not about taking kids out of education to push them into MMA. It's about allowing them to balance all these things out. There was a point in my lifetime where I was working nights with people with uh, mental health issues. So I was not sleeping much throughout the night um, they'd be up all night they'd, you know, there might be personal care I'd have to support them with and mm-hmm. stuff like that I'd get up, I'd, I'd finish that at 9am I'd travel to next gen I'd do my pro training in the morning I'd be off to university all afternoon studying sports coaching, I'd go back to next gen do some coaching, do some more training and then I'd go back to work I did that four days a week so that's what I've had to do to be sitting here now with all these opportunities and I want to give them opportunities to the kids on my courses, you know, if they want to be full-time fighters, I want to give them that opportunity to be a full-time fighter, train in a top facility with top coaches, but then I still want to allow them to couple their education. What's good about it is right now, some of the parents whose children are in year 11 doing the GCSEs, they're coming in and having a moan at me saying, you know, he's got his GCSEs this year, he's not training, he's not revising enough, he's coming here too much. Yeah, yeah. So I'll pull the kid aside and say, look, come on, your GCSEs are really important because they are, you've got your whole life to fight. And I can have a bit of an input, but what's good about my sixth form students is if they're late for a maths reset or an A-level class, they phone me up, I'm the tutor. Oh, Dean, such and such wasn't at maths today. Oh, okay, wasn't he? Sound, I'll grab him when he comes in the gym tonight. Yeah, yeah. So course. it's not this free-for-all. I, I'm a big advocate for educate. I've got a degree myself. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we use people in the gym. Like we've got a sports psychologist in the gym who's got a master's. We've got a strength conditioning coach who's just finishing his master's. I'm taking him on as a tutor in September. Um. So I'm pushing the the sort of training side of it, but I'm really pushing the education side of it as well. So it is an education course. The only reason it's government funded is because it's an educational programme. So that's what it is. But the kids will leave there at 18, like I said, with university as an option, turning full-time, MMA as an option. Some of them are already earning money coaching. You know, it'll, it'll give them a lot of scope where they can maybe put all their eggs into fighting then knowing that they've got these other backup plans. Of course. So, yeah. Similar to where you've kind of equipped yourself, but, yep. you know, I can see there the passion in your voice about getting these kids and, and putting them on this course. And, and basically, you know, what you're helping to do here is create a, a new generation that can change the look of MMA, can change the face of mixed martial arts and make it a much safer, a much better sport for everybody. But the question I've got to ask you now is, when do you find time to train? <laughs> When do you find time to chase your dreams well, of, of obviously this, getting in the UFC or whatever they this, may be? This year's been the hardest. I think everything's going to be easier now. So I've got the gyms finished as a building. It's it, 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 it's a great facility. Yeah. Um, I've got my business partner, who's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, who's now taking on more of this stuff. I've took on a new tutor for September, like I said, who's got a master's in strength and conditioning. He's also my strength and conditioning coach, so he's very academic his degree in sports science so he's going to run the this site for me for now so yeah it's going to be a lot easier I mean next year will be a better time for me but 
it's it's only what I've been doing for the last ten years. Yeah. How many hours can you train a day? Of course. Two to three hours a day yeah. when you, when you're in camp. Yeah. What are you gonna do with the other ten? Now I know you should be resting, but is standing in a classroom talking about maybe communication styles for a coach or leadership styles for a coach to a bunch of sixteen year olds that are gonna work in my gym or their own gyms, you know, who then go and run my classes and support my classes. So am I really taking anything away from myself? Maybe, but not so much at the end of the day. Um, you know, I just want to pay the bills from the sport that I love. I want to be the best in the world, obviously. But I also want a, a life that's sustainable and that I'm going to be happy doing. And I want to just offer that to everybody else. So, yeah, I'm going to have more time to train next year. But, you know, I'm, I, I wouldn't change none of this of for course. the world. I wouldn't. Until you come up with some other idea, I'm sure, and then you'll put more pressure on yourself again. Stick with us. Coming up in part three, we'll ask Dean about his fight this weekend. Takes on Dominic Wooding uh, at ACB 87 in Nottingham. And then, of course, we're going to talk about UFC Liverpool, which comes the following weekend. Stick with us. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Right, OK, that's enough of the administration. We've sorted out We've sorted out how to better administer mixed martial arts and how to sort out uh, weight cutting mixed martial arts. We've taken both of them boxes we're changing the face of the sport on this show tonight myself and dean garnett but let's get on to the juicy bits now this weekend nottingham acb 87 dominic woodings getting it let's be honest basically he's yeah. getting Do- it dominic wooden is going to be on the back end of of a can of whoop ass basically so good fighter from london got a good record think Re- five and one records yeah i mean he's five and one so you know, there's people saying, oh, don't fight him, he's only five and one. What does that do for your career? But I'm not really one of them paper fighters. Because um, you're ranked, you know, top three in the country for your yeah, weight division. Yeah, and I've been there for five years or something yeah, now. Um, I'll give you a quick bit of insight into my career. I, I had an undefeated amateur career. I then had nine pro fights before I suffered any defeats. It was eight wins and a draw. Yeah. Um, I had three fights on something called KTMMA, which is pro Muay Thai and pro MMA in the same fight. Wow. I won all three of them. So I got to a point where I had three amateur wins, three KTMMA wins, and then undefeated in nine MMA fights. So it was all looking pretty good. I jumped on um, ACB, got my first win on there. So everything was nice and rosy. I was uh, This time last year, I was sitting pretty undefeated. I was a free agent. And I was hoping UFC were going to come in and sign me. And... Uh, we started giving them a nudge, saying, look, I'm ready to sign. ACB have got a deal on the table. Yeah. And it didn't come in. ACB offered me a multi-fight deal. So, you know, I jumped at that because they are a real top promotion and they pay really well. So I jumped at that, signed a multi-fight deal with them. Straight away, they offered me a, a, a title eliminator fight in Chechnya. So I had, the, I had the pleasure of flying out to Chechnya two and a half weeks before the fight. What an amazing experience. I fought the former champ, Mag- Magomedov, Magomedov, yeah. um, who's, who's a great fighter. Um Started really well, dominated the first few minutes of the fight, got clipped, took my first ever shot in MMA, and I got guillotine then. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first loss. I was licking my wounds after that one, um, but you know, I, I still had everything to play for. Then over Christmas, I went and fought Anthony Leone, who'd also just come off a title defeat himself at Flyweight. So I was still fighting the top guys. Anthony Leone's a Division One America. Uh, Division One wrestler from America, sorry. Um, also BJJ black belt. So again, you know, if you watch that fight back, absolutely kicking his ass for nine minutes, and then I just make a bad decision and stick my neck in something. So I've been fighting at world level these last couple of fights yep. internationally. 
that was in uh, Gold Coast, wasn't Gold it? Gold Coast, Australia. So, you know, I, I had this big undefeated record, um, and, and that was by, by challenging myself, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of good submission wins, and I spent a lot of time trying to develop myself as a striker, which I, I believe I did. I've got a real good striking skill set now, good wrestling skill set, good jiu-jitsu skill set. So I'm finally well-rounded. I finally got world-level experience to call on. You know, I've got plus 10 years in the game now. So, you know, if you're Dominic Wooden, it's not the right time to fight me. I mean, they're looking at them two losses going, now's the time to get them. Yeah. Total opposite. I had other guys tear me down with much better records than Dominic. So, you know, fair play to Dominic, though. It's a big opportunity for him. Yeah. He's not ranked in the top 10 yet in the UK because he's only had six fights. But the fights he's had, he's been KOing people. You know, he's won five fights by KO or TKO. The fight he lost was a flyweight. He's moved up a division. He was cutting two weight. Funnily enough, the guy who beat him a flyweight is staying in my house this week to do some training with some guys at the gym, but that's just random. Um, but yeah, so Dominic Wooden, Southpaw. He's got that sort of Conor McGregor style about him, um, but he can grapple. He's got good takedown defense. He's got really good knees, good boxing. Um, he's longer than me. Got a bit of a taekwondo background, I believe. So he's a he's a good fighter. So for anyone listening, then who may well be boxing fan, first and foremost, they they're gonna hear that story and think, wait a minute, you're unbeaten in nine as a pro. You were you know fielding, waiting for a call basically from the UFC. You're waiting for this opportunity. Why fight a former champion out in Chechnya? Why risk your undefeated record? And do you regret it now? All these kind of thoughts are probably going through their heads, but that's. Not how mixed martial arts works. No, because, so let, let's imagine I do that. I don't take the Magomedov fight. And I just, I hold out. I, I beat some guys who I'm pretty sure I'm going to beat. And I sign for the UFC. Well, I'm going to come up against that Magomedov style fighter anyway, or level of fighter. So to me, you're just building a false economy. And I didn't do this sport just to win fights. You know, losing's a part of winning at the end of the day. And for me, it's all about personal growth and personal development. Going to Chechnya was an amazing experience fighting a guy who's ranked in the top handful in the world who's who's held an ACB belt in his fight before mm-hmm. um you know I'd be I'd be an idiot to turn down that opportunity I'd be an absolute idiot um and if I can't win them fights now then maybe I'm not ready for UFC anyway so you know I'm 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 I'm, I'm happy to fight for 6 7 more years and I'll, I'll get there when I'm ready by me performances not by manipulating the rankings or handpicking me opponents or doing anything like that so you know I, I, I just think for me it's about taking the challenges that are presented to you yeah. travelling to Australia to fight was hard but it was amazing so now I've got no regrets I'll have no regrets about what happens this weekend Um, I, I, you know like I say it's it's this. if, if you want to be an MMA fighter it should be to challenge yourself so yeah being undefeated was never something I was bothered about anyway. Um, so I'm a better fighter for them losses right now. I'm, I'm sitting here with more experience and, and, and more learning experiences under my belt. So I'll take that into this fight with Dominic, who hasn't got that under his belt. He hasn't tried, travelled abroad to fight guys like me. He hasn't fought guys at world level. You know, he's, he's going to find out the hard way, sadly, what that's like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this weekend, of course, your main focus is on that at the moment, but... From a from a you know a coach perspective, from the, a guy who runs a, a course, from a guy's obviously a scouser in this industry, UFC Liverpool follows that the following weekend, Bank Holiday weekend. Brilliant! It's going to be huge for the city. Can't it's going wait! To be massive. Cannot wait, mate. I mean, my fight will be out of the way. I'll have all my winnings to spend. <laughs> um, I mean, I've proper gone off the footy. I was a big blue and used to really 
despise Liverpool doing well, but now I'm off the footy a bit. I'm glad to see Liverpool do well. I've lost that sort of resentment to them. So I'm looking, the I'm looking City forward doing well now. That's it about yeah. Liverpool doing well. And, you know, I'll be supporting that until at the, at the weekend and Molly McCann. Um, and, you know, uh, stranger things have happened. If someone gets run over fight week around my weight, <laughs> I'll be ready. Wait, the police know come looking for, actually. Well, if someone gets knocked yeah. over now outside the Radisson Snow Hotel be, next be week. Be careful if, you, if you're a bantamweight or a featherweight <laughs> walking on roads next week. Because <laughs> I'll be looking to mow you down. <laughs> we Obviously, I'm sure you're going to be there next Sunday. Will, will yeah. you be in that arena, kind of looking around, looking at the octagon, you know, thinking, this is it. This, this, this is where my career... Is is building towards this an event like this? Yeah, the, those three letters. Yeah, 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 and no, yeah, and no, because I was obsessed with the UFC years ago. But now I know it's not the be all and end all. There are other promotions, but it is the biggest promotion yeah. to the the untrained eye. So what I'm happy about is that the the not so educated fan is going to be sucked in even more. So this is great for me. The, these you know, the any, gym will be packed, won't it? Yeah, Monday, and, Tuesday, and, Wednesday. And, any any time, any any Liverpool fighters doing well in the city. I'm happy, you know. Me, 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 Paddy Pimlet's been doing superb things with Cage Warriors. Yeah. Darren Till's doing an amazing thing this weekend. Yeah. You know, I, that's what I want to see. I, I want to see these local fighters doing well, championing our city. Benefits me. Benefits my course. It benefits all of us. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing, nothing bad's gonna come out of watching each other do well. I will be sitting there going, "Oof, would it be nice to be on this card?" But, you know, I think exactly the same thing when I'm walking out into a jam-packed arena in Chechnya in the Lions Den or I'm in the Gold Coast Australia mate I had dreams of fighting in the Gold Coast in Australia years ago as a kid being an Aussie citizen so Mm -hmm. you know I'm still living my dream and I'm fighting for six seven more years I've had interest from the UFC two or three times now Um, I've just got to get back to winning ways and my time will come you know what I mean I'm not envious of anyone else for theirs I'm just going to enjoy joy next week well get my fight out the way and then it'll be fan mode yeah, of course. In terms of your own career, then are you putting? Is that a cap you've put on it? Seven years? You got, you just want to be competing for another seven years? Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I, I think I don't fight every other week. I fight three, four times a year at a push. I do all these other things I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Why not fight for ages? That that's that's the whole reason. I've done this to avoid getting a proper job. Yeah. So I, I need to look like I'm having a proper go, don't I? So <laughs> you know, no. I mean, I'm. If, if I stop fighting at 33, I'll only regret it when I'm 35. So, yeah, I'm going to push the boat out for as long as I can, really. Love it. Uh, before before we sign off tonight, I've got to ask you, um, I know you're secretly a bit of a conspiracies theory fan. Uh, let me run a few past you and let me get your quick take, whether you think it's conspiracy or not. All right? Flat Earth? Legit. Legit. It is definitely a flat Earth. You going with that? It's what your senses perceive it to be now yeah. i'm not going to get into the debate right of course but it's not a thousands of years of science there is no science okay it, it was a, a freemason 500 years ago coming up with some mad mathematics yeah yep and then a load of freemasons since then and nasa charges the taxpayer 56 million a day to create cgis if your life depended on it you could not produce a picture of the earth if you were going to die tomorrow you couldn't get it wow. you could not get it mate yeah I can go on all day, okay, but it. do, so, um, do your own next research. One then, moon landing, fake? Fake. Uh, Sta- Stanley Kubik did that. Yeah, yeah. Yep, in London. And chemtrails, vapour or chemical sprays? No, it's barium and aluminium. Um, it's being sprayed into the air so that it filters into the crops 
and the food and the water table. Alzheimer's is caused by aluminium. There's fluoride in your water, which makes you absorb aluminium. Um, if you look at autism, it's gone from 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 42. And what you've got to remember is these multinational corporations that sell vaccines and do these chemtrails, they also sell, you know, other medications for yeah. things like asthma, something I suffer with. Um, so, yeah, the as daft as all this stuff sounds, if you get your head out, you you behind and yeah. you do some actual research away from the mainstream telly, what you'll find is there's some quite sick, sinister people. So fascinating stuff listen I can sit and speak to you all night I really could but I know you've got a, a weight cut to get to um, is th- the next couple of days is this the worst part of your of your no the next couple of days ain't too bad it's it's time to be you know a lady of leisure for a couple of days really now I'm just going to drink loads of water and uh, just limit me food to certain food groups a couple of light training sessions so yeah it's feet up time mate yeah, yeah. all the hard work's done all the hard work's done alright the last the last few kilos on the weight cut won't be nice, but yeah. it gets done, mate. Always does. Never miss weight. Won't it, be missing it this weekend. Uh, is this something that you've learned over the last 10 years, though, the weight cut thing to, yeah, to, like, do, to do it the best yeah, way possible? Like, like anything. It's amazing it's, how many mixed martial artists I have in the studio that are basically sports nutritionists. They've got so the knowledge of the human body, the anatomy, is incredible. Tim Barnett yeah, was in he, a couple of weeks ago, and he, and he speaks very similar to yourself. I love Tim. Got a lot of time to listen to Tim. It's fascinating, though. Me, me, me and Tim share all the same views on the conspiracy stuff because we look, we look into it. Yeah. Um, people who even call other people conspiracy theorists, you know, to me that is the absolute paramount of ignorance. Like conspiracy means people conspire, and if it, like people think conspiracy theory means it's not true. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy just means people colluding. Yeah. That's gone on for centuries. Yeah. Since the beginning of time. Like why? Why do people just rubbish it? Crazy. Anyway. Enjoy the next couple of days if you can. Uh, best of luck for the weekend. Thank you very much. And then much. I'll catch you at UFC Liverpool the following weekend. You, you will do, We're going to have mate. a proper party. There you go, party time. bonus money. That's it. <laughs> Bevy's on me. Thanks for joining us, Dean Garnett. Thanks, Tune mate. into ACB 87 from Nottingham this Saturday night. It's going to be an absolute belt. And I've got to be honest, the entire card is an absolute belter. Definitely worth having a look at. ACB, certainly grown now to one of the top promotions on the planet. And then obviously we're full speed ahead for UFC Liverpool. Stick with Fight Disciples all next week. We're going to have tons of content coming out of the Echo Arena. We're going to have Darren Till, Molly McCann exclusives, as well as a wave of exclusives of all the other fighters on the undercard at the UFC. Catch us up on social media, at Fight Disciples. And if you want a bit more, Hit up our website, fightdisciples.com. We've got a full breakdown of last weekend's boxing match between Linares and Lomachenko. Poetic pugilism. Absolutely beautiful it was. And we also break down last weekend's UFC card. I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.